Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On this edition of Oski Talk, we talk about the Illini's new hire, Brett Bielema, as head football coach. We talk about the Illini football and basketball's losses to Penn State and Rutgers and the Illini basketball's next game against Penn State. We also hear from high school head coach Bill Bicker on the Illini's new hire. Let's go. This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt. For the win, in the air, it is up, and it is good! Fourth and 16, pressure comes, and Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air, makes the catch! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Hattazone. Illinois football season is officially over, but that does not mean we don't have a ton to get into this episode. And with that, we'll get right into our front page. Illinois lost a tough one to Penn State on Saturday, 56-21, to the final score there. But the biggest story of the day is that Josh Whitman in Illinois has announced that Brett Bielema will be the next head coach of Illinois football effective immediately. Yeah, super surprised uh, about this hire just because it seemed like Brett Bielema didn't cross off all the boxes that, that we expected Whitman to cross. Um, I think a big one, um, for me at least, was just that um, you know Bielema kind of has a an interesting track record with um, just kind of other coaches not getting along with people. Um, and I just thought Josh Whitman might consider that a little bit too much of a, um, of, of kind of a risk for his program, kind of probably the most important hire of, of his career. Now, if this doesn't pan out the way he wants or, or if something goes wrong and he has to fire Bielema, um, you know, he's going to be held extremely responsible for this and, and potentially be on, on the firing block. Um, that being said, um, I, I do like the hire. He was a guy who was on my list of, of guys who I, I'd like to have. Um, he brings experience. Obviously, he has won three Big Ten championship games, um, all against pretty fantastic teams. Um, I know in my head that Nebraska game against um, while he was at Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game when they put up seventy points is is a classic Big Ten game that that I grew up watching and 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 can remember vividly. So um, hopefully, he can bring a similar gusto to Illinois. Um, I hope he kind of brings the Barry Alvarez esque. Um, you know, accountability to University of Illinois, you know, the idea that we should be um, pretty good almost every year, that we, we shouldn't be giving an inch, 
that you know six six win seasons are are the low mark of of a season. Um, he's got a long way to go. I think he started off on the right foot. Contacted uh, the uh, Illinois head coach, um, high school head coach association, um, which apparently Lovey hasn't even contacted in in his five years at at University of Illinois, which is a shocking move. Um, and and we have uh, Plainfield South head coach Bill Bicker on later to talk a little bit about that. But look, this is uh, it's an interesting hire for sure. There's um, some names out there that you could pick up for coordinator jobs and. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm 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 somewhat excited. I'm ready for the press conference that'll come out today. Um, you and I, I believe, will both be at that, so uh, it should be interesting. Yeah, and and just to give a little bit of a background here on Bielema, the name is probably most recognizable from his time in Wisconsin. He was uh, head coach there until I think 2012, and then he went to Arkansas, spent five seasons there. Um, and although the, the grand record was below 500, in those five years went to three bowls. Um, and then after that was hired by Bill Belichick and the Patriots to help on the defensive line, defensive side of the ball. Um, he's a defensive guy. And then went with Joe Judge from New England to the Giants and spent most of this season with them before leaving, um, before their game this week against the Browns and going to Champaign and taking the job um, with Illinois. So a lot of Big Ten experience, a lot of college experience, ton of recruiting experience, but he also has those connections to the next level. And he said in in one of his first interviews already that the, the biggest thing he's going to bring is a more NFL style of offense back um, because that's what he's noticed is the big difference from college to the NFL is the offense. Um, and then the other thing he said that I really liked is we're going to recruit the state of Illinois like no other. And that's something Illinois has struggled to do, even though, you know, big brand Illinois school, um, that that's something that they got to focus on. I think that'll be obviously a, a big target. He's going to have to do some recruiting um, even for this upcoming year, uh, just with a lot of things up in the air. But I mean, so far, I, I think he's he's made the right moves and I like the hire. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when it comes to the 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 first thing you said there that, that he mentioned in, in the NFL offense, it, it's it's interesting to me because I you know, the NFL offense has actually been moving more to towards a college style game, right? The spread offense has been um real. And I think if you you're be, um you're Bielema, you look at, you know, a guy like uh, Kevin Stefanski at, at Cleveland and you see a quarterback that is similar um, in style, at least a little bit, to Isaiah Williams. Obviously, Isaiah is more of a Kyler Murray, can run a little bit more. But when you look at kind of an offense, and, and if you want to mix in something that he kind of did it at Wisconsin, um, it's running the ball 70% of the time and then having a, a semi-mobile quarterback uh, make good spread throws, um, You know, take a couple chances down the field, but even running with, with the uh, – with the QB and kind of letting him do what he wants to do. So that's, that's what I would hope when he, when he means when talking about the uh, um, NFL style, that's, that's the kind of offense that I think I would expect from, um, you know, somebody who has Isaiah Williams in his back pocket. Right. Um, that being said, I, I wouldn't take that first comment with a whole lot of, um, I wouldn't take that comment to heart just because I think he kind of was in, in some of those media situations. The big question was, what have you learned in the NFL? I think that probably took him off a little bit by surprise. Obviously, I think as a character, as a guy, I think he's probably learned a lot from Belichick because I, I hope he certainly has kind of keeping a cool demeanor and, and, and taking things very seriously. 
um, which might not have been there. Obviously, he's grown since he's been at Wisconsin or even Arkansas, so hopefully um, that kind of translates in his character more. But I, I, I'm not so certain that the offense um, is going to be a pro. Uh, yeah, and style. and the the other thing too, and we've said it a little bit already. He's a defensive guy, so I mean, it's likely he'll call defensive plays, and he'll either keep Rod Smith calling the offense or bring in somebody else to call the offense. And you talked already; you've got some potential candidates you think might be brought in. Um, we'll get to that a little bit later, but um, another thing that. I kind of wanted to talk about with this particular hire is how quick it got done. It was within a week. So I'm wondering if you think, you know, you mentioned him as a guy you thought could be, but do you think this was a target hire from Whitman? Um, yeah, actually, well, you know, I, I think Bielema probably went to Whitman or, or, and looked at this Illinois job. Um, I'm sure Barry, he went through Barry Alvarez and Alvarez said, Hey, I, I Bielema is looking for a job. Um, as a college football playoff committee member and as a member of the Big Ten as an athletic director and a friend, I would consider hiring him, see what he has to say. Um, so I imagine that's kind of the, the back channel that it went through, that it went through Barry Alvarez and, and Whitman being a guy who you know respects that kind of you know old Big Ten style um, and, and played against Barry Alvarez probably took that that recommendation to heart and uh and went ahead and interviewed Bielema and I, I imagine um because Bielema has some baggage that and and you know we don't really expect Josh women to hire a guy with a lot of baggage right I imagine what went into that interview was extremely impressive and um you know when we you, you kind of learn a little bit more about the Lovey era as as it has ended right it it hasn't been successful recruiting Illinois like we expected it to the fact that he was the the Bears head coach did not pan out very well, and it was clear from the start that recruiting Illinois wasn't a priority for Lovey Smith. Josh Women, I assume, heard Illinois head coaches, watched the Iowa game, said, "I I can't put up with this. It's okay if he's successful and he can't, doesn't have to recruit Illinois. That's fine. But if he's not successful, he's not recruiting Illinois, and he's not getting big names, and he's not you know pleasing um, Illinois head coaches." Um, high school head coaches, you know, why, why am I keeping him around? So I think Bielema probably, that was a big part of it, you know, reestablishing that trust between, um, you know, head coaches in um, high school head coaches in Illinois and in the Midwest um, and, and having them contact Illinois and tell them about their kids and then Illinois being successful there. So, you know, we talked to uh, Bill Becker later in the show. You should definitely listen to that um, interview, kind of learn a little bit more about the situation, but you know, I, I think that's what kind of probably went into his hire. And, and there's guys that, that have coached with Bielema. Obviously, I'm not sure all of them want to coach with him again but um, or, or have better situations. But um, he has a long list of, of coordinators that have coached with him that are still around the game. Yeah, and, and one thing that he's kind of been known for in terms of development is being really good at developing offensive line and defensive linemen. That's something Wisconsin's been known for. Um, and he's taken over an Illinois situation where obviously, and we'll get to this um, next week a little bit more too, there's some seniors that have the option to come and play next season. And, and because of COVID, there's also a full Illinois starting offensive line. And that's something they took a lot of pride in. Alex Pelcheski, Vidarian Lowe, Doug Kramer, um, Kendrick Green. Obviously, some of those guys will move on. Some of them will be back. We've got Olin Krutz's son joining the team soon. And, and then you assume 
he'll be able to up that recruiting on the offensive line as well. You know, he's he's a firm believer that football is one in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. So, I mean, just the fact that you've got an offensive line type of breeder would, would lead me to believe some of these guys might consider staying another season. Um, I know Alex Pelcheski, who had ACL surgery, announced um, on Twitter, I'll see you guys in Ireland. So that that's pretty much leaning to the fact that he'll be back. Um, some of these guys might take their trips uh, to the NFL. And like I said, we'll talk about that next week. But um, he's taken over a roster that has a lot of intriguing aspects that kind of lean towards what he's um, known for being a good focus at. Yeah, I think the one thing that certainly has happened in, in the Lovey era has been um, an, an increase in an ability to uh, play the linebacker position. I think the linebacker depth chart is pretty fairly deep. Um, I'm not certain how um, deep it is for the three four, but I, I've been a big fan of the three four. Um, you know, it, it's come to Chicago; it's been very successful. And I think, um, at least in in the new world, the spread offense, running a three four, and then maybe even um, you know running that three four with a guy who's that hybrid linebacker, defensive uh, D back, safety kind of guy, um, and and basically having a three three five is extremely interesting, and especially. Um, in, in kind of the new era of, of college football when the spread is completely taken over everywhere and even in the Big Ten West somewhere it really hadn't been, um, you know, incorporated in. So um, it, it'll be interesting. And I, I imagine, um, you know, at, at, at some of those positions, um, you get guys returning. Hopefully we have Jake Hansen. We'll talk about again, like you said, a little bit later, but hopefully him and Milo Eifler uh, consider coming back for another season and, and continuing the linebacker tradition in Illinois. But, yeah, that's that's something that you got to look forward to. I mean, Bielema hopefully will bring a, a new kind of, um, you know, sense of defense, you know, hard-nosed defense that, you know, he played against when he was at Iowa, right? Um, when the ones that he saw, you know, in those in the late 90s, um, early 2000s. So um, hope hopefully we have a return to, you know, that kind of hard-nosed defense. Yes, I mean, it's certainly an interesting hire. A lot of different avenues you can go about it. Um, excited to hear from him later today. And, you know, in the coming days, expect we'll hear some of those announcements, some players potentially going to the NFL, transferring, returning, whatever that may be. And whoever may be joining Bielema on the coaching staff or which coaches might be leaving or staying. But Nonetheless, there was a football game on Saturday. Illinois lost a tough one, 56-21. The first quarter was a ton of fun. Three touchdowns scored. Um, they gave up the most points that they have all season, 56. Uh, you, I mean, you can't really blame these guys. Defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, gone. Um, and a lot of players deciding not to play or were hurt. Josh Emmett Bebe declared for the draft on the offensive side. They were thin at receiver. He was out. Isaiah Williams got the start at quarterback, kind of. <laughs> they both played, but he, he handled most of the snaps there and had a pretty solid game at that. Um, I mean, it was an interesting game, and, and Rod Smith kind of gave it a somewhat good audition for his next employer, which I think uh, it'll, it'll be a new, new place. Um, but what was your take on the 56-21 on the to 21 game to end the season? Yeah, it was a nice first quarter, and then from there, just you know, yep. collapse. And and what a way to kind of put the exclamation point on the Lovey Smith error, right? I mean, yeah, um, the fact that Illinois has actually, I think, given up what was it, 
35 unanswered points to Penn State twice. Like, come on. Um, that's not something that can happen in, in any head coach's era. Um, so it it is, uh, you know, it's kind of an exclamation point. I don't have a lot to say from the game. I just, um, it's disappointing. You have some players that will be back, obviously, that, that you're excited about. I think a lot of, um, you know, the offensive line is something you could probably be proud of. At the end of the day, Chase Brown and Isaiah Williams, two guys that you're excited about for next year, and especially under a uh, Bielema offense that we know will run the ball a lot. I think both of those guys can be um, excited to, you know, coach with this guy. We talk uh, talk about some of the guys, some of the names that Bielema has coached. Um, you know, Russell Wilson being one of them, uh, Monty Ball, um, Melvin Gordon, and and, and right. Um, what did he coach Melvin Gordon? I think that was after after he left. Um, maybe maybe he recruited right. Melvin Gordon then. I think yeah. he was part of one of the last classes he recruited. I mean, J.J. Watt's another guy that was on those Wisconsin teams. I know that's not the offensive side of the ball, but that's another huge name. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I mean, you look at the um, you know uh, tight end position, too. You got Hunter Henry. So Luke Ford has to be excited. I think Luke Ford originally committed to Bielema at Arkansas, and then uh, Bielema got fired. Um, so Luke Ford has got to be excited as well um Daniel Barker obviously too so it'll be an offense that utilizes tight ends as well and that that's got to be exciting for uh both those guys so yeah it's you know it, it it's an interesting hire and, and this last game was a great expl- explanation point to um you know just a, a really bad era of Illinois football um I, I just I you know good for Rod Smith I wish this wasn't his first opportunity to uh, coach in a big game and and uh it's a bummer for him but at the end of the day, I just don't. I think this team is complete, um, you know, kind of debilitated by the, uh, you know, the situation. I don't, I don't think everyone was was prepared for Lovey Smith to leave, and then when he did, it just kind of was over. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. It's definitely a tough situation to put the players in, and and uh, a, a tough, honestly, a tough situation to put the coaches in for that last game. But it also was a a pretty good reminder that that change was needed, and and now change is here. Yeah, absolutely, and and again, we'll we'll learn a little bit more about Bielema tomorrow. We'll we'll talk to him, but uh, it is exciting from a media standpoint because he is a guy who um, who's been known to be fun ab- around media members. I don't know, Anthony, have you ever seen the uh, um, the the clip of Bielema saying, oh, "What was it?" He he said, um, "I'm gonna go hop on my wife," and he meant to say, "I'm gonna go hop on the plane with my wife." <laughs> After a, during a post game win against uh, I forgot what team it was, but we, while he was at Arkansas, yeah, and all we got out of Lovey Smith in five years is Brandon's our quarterback, so it's definitely a change of pace um, in terms of the that was yeah the character of the guy we're going to be getting on Saturday afternoons and, and Mondays with the media. So looking forward to that, but we'll switch gears into Illinois basketball. Another tough loss for them, ninety-one to eighty-eight against Rutgers at the rack. Fans or no fans, that's a tough place to play. Um, officials seem to be on the Rutgers side as well for most of that game. Um, Io played a good game. Kofi played a good game. I think Io and Kofi have both had double doubles, um, which seems to be a regular thing here. But Ron Harper Jr. and, and a few timely fouls um, for Rutgers, a flagrant on Demonte, and and some more poor free throw shooting did Illinois in again. Uh, third loss. Obviously, this is against a ranked team on the road. It's not one you're necessarily uh, really heard about, but. You know, if this team has title hopes, if this team has Big Ten title hopes, you got to be winning these games. Yeah, you got to play a little bit tougher. 
um, you know, I understand, you know, basketball is a game where of momentum, and, and frankly, the refs were terrible in this one. I mean, you can't blame it all on the refs, but, you know, in basketball, when you have a two-minute stress where, where the refs essentially give the other team 10 points, I mean, there was that four-point swing with the flagrant foul. Um, Six-point. A six-point, right. The six-point swing, right. And then I think what Ron, Ron Harper Jr. hit a three after that. So you have a nine-point swing. And then, you know, that just keeps on adding up, right? It, 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 and then you get debilitated a little bit there. Because um, you, 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 you can't play hard-nosed defense. You can't be aggressive on defense after that. So you, you start giving up more points, obviously, just because you can't, you can't be aggressive in the paint. And when they were crashing the board nonstop and you, you felt almost scared, to get in, to get a defensive rebound because you're afraid of giving our you know foul call on you and losing our two points, so it's and you know, it was but, tough, and your best defenders have to come out because they're in foul trouble, right? Exactly, and 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 then you know you're some of your best offensive players that that have picked you up throughout the season, aka Curbelo, has to come out, and and it came to the point where the defense just got picked apart because Ron Harper Jr. is a great player and they didn't want to foul him, so. That's going to happen. But the thing is that this is going to happen again. I mean, it happened twice. You could argue, I felt like the Mizzou game was a lot like this one as well um, in that aspect. But um, you have to out-tough it, right? At some point, like, to be that national championship team, you have to be able to get past it and, and be mentally prepared. You know, there's, there's some part of me that thinks that this team hasn't found that identity yet, that it needs to find that identity, being a tough-nosed guy. And, and there was a guy who was very much like that at the point guard position, um, last year, and it was Andres Felice. And I, I think there's another reason that you're thinking, wow, Felice was in this game. Like, I'm not sure we lose. I don't think we lose a step, you know? But there's no one on this team. And, you know, it goes to say a little bit of Io's leadership. You know, he's got to be yelling at these guys. Let's focus. Let's get back in this game. Like, you can't let this happen. And 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 for that flagrant foul, I just, that was a BS call. You know, DeMonte can't be that upset after it, too. And I think he, he was kind of chuckling a little bit about it. But, you know... You know, other guys get really frustrated by what happened in that during that stretch of the game, and and I just it it carried the rest of the game away. But um, look, you got a decent looking schedule the next couple of days. Knowing that you feel too upset about, except Northwestern just destroyed MSU, um, so you're a little bit worried about that game now. But in general, these are games you should win. Um, I think you have to put that chip back on your shoulder like they had last year and, and continue the Big Ten season. Um, and, and find your identity. Yeah, you, you absolutely need to go on a run, and, and this is something I feel like we've talked about after every single loss that they've had this year. Um, this team lost with Feliz and Alan Griffin a ton of points, primarily off the bench, and those guys, more than anybody else on the team last year, were sparks, and and you need those sparks when guys like Io and Kofi can't do it out by themselves. They need help, and and when your help is from DeMonte Williams and Andre Curbelo, fine, but both those guys fouled out. And then Trent Frazier and Adam Miller haven't been shooting the way they need to be shooting for this offense to click. I mean, Alan Griffin's putting up, I think, nearly 20 points and almost 10 rebounds a game with Syracuse. You'd love to have that on your team. Feliz was, we talked about it so much last year, how whenever this team... I, I guess the way you'd call it is Feliz was our run stopper. Whenever another team would start to get on your run, he would get a little layup. He would make a good play on defense, whatever it was. That guy was always there to stop the bleeding. What they have struggled to do so far this year 
in the second half against Baylor, second half against Mizzou for the most part. Um, but that one was also officiating and a little bit against Rutgers is they've struggled to stop the bleeding once the bleeding happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it's been bad. And it, it, it goes back to the identity, right? You got to be tough. You know, we've lost that, that toughness edge, I feel like. And I don't know where we lost it. Um, but there's just no one on the team just barking at each other, like holding each other accountable, I feel like, for being like, you know, let's start, stop with this ticky-tacky fouling. I know we don't think we're fouling. And I really thought that Georgie foul was ridiculous as well. Um, you know, I, you know, a small bump in the chest, you're really going to call that? And the sad thing was I really thought the officiating was great in the first half. I thought both teams play, um, and obviously Illinois being the better team got got the edge in that in the first half. But then, you know, it comes down to these just ticky-tack fouls at the end of the game, and you're just like, this is just ridiculous. It's it's you know you're giving the game away. At some point, I, I you know I was I was you know um, tweeting out. I, I don't think this is basketball. It, it's it just came to the point where I was like, this is disgusting. You can't how how is this happening? But you gotta win. You gotta get past that because there's gonna be like games like that every year. There is games like that every year. You know, there's gonna be another game this year that that you're gonna feel like wow, refs are just taking this game away um, from the Illini. Got to be tougher yeah. than it. You know, you have to win despite Absol- that. Absolutely. You're going to have to overcome these things because, I mean, hey, you get into tournament time, you can't let a one foul, two fouls turn into a 10-point swing for another team because they're going to turn that into 15 and and you're going to be buried, kind of like what happened against Baylor. Like That second half got away from Illinois so fast. You got to be able to rebound when you get punched in the face. Um, And and we'll look look for them to do that. They got another game this week, Tuesday, uh, against Baylor. Penn State at Penn State. So another road one, um, December 23rd, 5 p.m., Big Ten Network. Penn State 3-2, and two, Illinois 5-3, and three, but they'll still be in the top 25, I believe, uh, when those rankings come out. We're recording this Sunday night, so I, I'm assuming they're going to be maybe in the 20s or at least getting votes at the very worst. But Penn State doesn't look to be all that scary. They're a lot um, less talented than they were last year. Obviously a really good team last year, but... Um, it, it's tough to play at Penn State. That's another place that's tough to travel to. Obviously, with fans, it's different. Um, but you, you really need Illinois to, to come out and really lay the hammer down on Penn State. Yeah, it's it's a it's a team that kind of goes with a smaller lineup. So um, when when you see that, you think immediately go to Kofi. Um, you know, John Farr is the biggest guy that they're going to have on the floor. He's six nine. Um, Kofi should be able to put a little bit of body on him. Um, doesn't play a whole lot so we'll kind of see what they go with there but um it, it it'll be interesting i i i think the guard play for um you know penn state kind of goes through isaiah brockington um he seems to be the all-star on this team this year so um he's he's kind of the guy defensively if if you're a guard you want to have on um probably demonte williams on him um maybe trent frazier too um, but you know, he's kind of the all-star. If, if you could stop his flow in the game, um, keep him from, you know, taking easy shots. Um, you should be able to control this game. Other than that, uh, Jamari Wheeler has been pretty good as well. Um, didn't have any points in the Michigan game, but did get a couple assists, um, and played plenty of minutes. So, um, you know, those are some guys that you're going to have to look out for. But I, I think in this one, um, if, if you, can get good guard play from uh, Desumu and, and Trent Frazier, um, as well as getting Kofi extremely involved in this game. Um, you know, have Curbelo feeding him easy, 
easy, easy, easy dunks, easy looks at the basket, uh, you're going to win this game. So I, I think the Illini could go into this one feeling confident. That being said, this is a decent Penn State team. You know, can't underestimate anyone in the Big Ten this year. So uh, we'll see what they can do. Yeah, and and this team knows that they're going to be getting their opponent's best shots. Um, One thing I do want to say, after the game today, Underwood was extremely upset with the way Kofi specifically is being officiated. So we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, the matchup's a little bit more favorable for Illinois here against Penn State, especially with Kofi. Um, So with that, we'll get into some score predictions here for the contest, or Wednesday, I've been saying Tuesday, Wednesday's contest against Penn State at State College. I'm going to go Illinois 79-67. to I think you need another, I think you need at least a double-digit win here and um, can't be giving up 91 points in the Big Ten. So I'm going to say Illinois holds uh, Penn State. They have a good game defensively, and they win 77 to 69 no what I say 79 to 67 all right I like that score yeah I'm with you I think this one's a little bit lower scoring Illinois wins this one um 75 to 69 um decent game I think they control it for the most part feel good towards the end of the game um I think a lot of these games are just kind of about controlling the flow of it and I think Illinois can find their flow against Penn State sounds good to me we've both got a line eye wins so with that, we are going to bring it to our one of our favorite segments here. We're going to hear from Plainfield South head coach Bill Bicker kind of talking about the Brett Bielema hire. So here's our segment, Say What? Say What? This week on the podcast, we welcome Plainfield South head coach Bill Bicker to talk a little bit about Brett Bielema and uh, kind of went down with the Lovey Smith era. I first want to kind of talk to you, in, in your opinion, in terms of recruiting and recruiting the state and, and building those relationships with Illinois head coaches, where did Lovey go wrong? Uh, well, I don't think he was interested in it, to be honest. And it, and it was difficult for me as, you know, as a high school head coach in the state of Illinois, but also an Illinois alum. I mean, that's where I went to school with Champaign, you know, Urbana-Champaign, is they just kind of made it clear early on that they were going to focus on other areas and not Chicagoland. And, you know, in Lovey's defense, and this isn't Lovey's defense, but Illinois hasn't done a good job going back a couple coaching administrations of really showing an interest in being anywhere in the Chicagoland area or anything like that. It's been half-hearted at best. And so, uh, you know, they just, it didn't really seem like they wanted to lay claim to the state, you know, and that, that, that was a little disappointing. And, and, you know, from my standpoint, I understand I'm not going to hear from – the head coach, we're not unless you got a five-star kid, four-star kid. He wants to seal a deal on, but there are plenty of programs, Northwestern being one of them, who will contact me two or three times a year just to check in and say hi. How you doing, coach? And we know you don't have anybody for us, but keep us in mind when you do. So to me, you know, Illinois hasn't done that. Lovey didn't do it, and, and it hasn't been done for a while, in my opinion. Yeah. So what are those kind of expectations? You sh- you know, contacting keeping a constant contact with, with head coaches just so that, um, you know, they keep you in mind or, or yeah. What, what are yeah. those expectations from, or things that Iowa and Northwestern do? Well, so I, I, that's a great question. I'll, I'll kind of tell you how I think the, the better programs do it is one, they, they place an emphasis on recruiting and making contact and building relationships. The best teams, the best programs know that it's players that win, right? It's not plays. <laughs> we say it all the time, even with, with our kids, you know, players make plays, plays don't, you know, make players. So you want to 
be able to have your, you know, you know, create that footprint they always say. Well, I'll give you an example. So Northern Illinois and Eastern Illinois, in my mind, are the two of the schools in the state that do it the best, and Northwestern as well, too. And so, you know, I've got two coaches that'll check in, you know, not head coaches. We're not talking about that. But the head coach kind of sets the direction with the staff and then assigns everybody the recruiting areas. So for Northern and Eastern, you know, they've built that relationship. And, you know, an example I can come up with is I had a player, good player, you know, all conferences a junior last year um, who excelled this summer, like took it to another level to the point where, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I, I think he's better than, let's say, a Division two football player. Not, he might be an FCS kid, like an Illinois State kid, or he might even be a borderline, maybe a kid would be a great walk-on at a place like Illinois or, or at a, you know, Mac or Big Ten school. So what do I do right away? I, I contact the guys that I know, that I contact, that, that contact me all the time, that I've got their uh, names in my cell phone. So, you know, just initially you get that. Now, as a high school coach, you're going to try and promote your kid anywhere. So it's not like I didn't contact Illinois or reached out to them, but my guys that I have these relationships with, they know me, they trust me. We've spent a little bit of time together. You know, that takes it to another level. And I don't think that Illinois showed an interest in that under Lovey in our area. You know, obviously if we would have had a kid, like I said, that was a three, four, five star kid, they probably would have come around, but I didn't hear from them in five years until this last fall, you know, and then that was about it. So I think that, you know, whereas Northwestern, you know, they'll check in. And it's, you know, it's an assistant coach, and he'll say, Coach, hey, just takes a few minutes. You know, is there anything you need? You know, you want to come by, watch us practice? Do you want to, um, you know, we got a clinic going on. Do you want to pop in on that? Just like they know that, yeah, I might not have somebody now, but I could in the future. Right. So Bielema takes this first step, obviously, um, you know, contacting the head of, of Illinois Football yeah. uh, you know, Coach Association. Yep. That's the first step, obviously. Now where does he go from there in terms of – you know, so that yeah, what I think he needs to do, you know, I was thinking about this too. Like, well, what is it? You know, I'm, what can he do to show me something? I, I think really reaching out and saying, we want you to be a part of what we do in Champaign. Right. And we want to make sure we bring you in when we can bring you in. We want to put events on that showcase your kids. We want to see your kids, you know, case in point. There are a lot of us who take our kids to Northern Illinois in the summer for a seven on seven. And Northern does a great job. Right, it, the facility and the facilities are okay. The facilities at, at, at Illinois are, are way better, so you don't really go necessarily for the facilities, but you go because you know you're going to see their coaches walking around. You're going to be able to talk to them. You're going to be able to tell a coach, "Hey, take a look at this kid. What do you think?" I, I don't know if he's you know at your level, but you might be interested in him. You're going to make that contact. You know, I think that Northern's done a great job of that for the last 10, 15 years. Um, Northwestern, you go do the seven on seven for them, and, and then. You know, your kids are on that practice facility overlooking Lake Michigan. Like, come on. Like, if you have a kid and then they get to see that, that's such an advantage. Whereas in Illinois, some years would have a seven-on-seven, and when they did, it was so spread out in space. There was nothing where you'd have contact with coaches. It just really didn't – it didn't seem like they wanted to be doing it. It was like, okay, we have to do this. Whereas you go to other schools, they'll have those one-day programs. They'll have things where they make you feel wanted. And I think that that's what he needs to do. He needs to let coaches know, look, I know this has gone on long enough, you know, and, and it wasn't just lovey. Like it's been a while since we, the university of Illinois really, really, really cared about Illinois high school football. I mean, the fact that he, that lovey never talked to the coaches association. And I know that's for a fact because I know members on the, on the association board, he, he didn't want anything to do with some of the programs that they were trying to do. 
Yeah, and and I want to ask you this too, kind of uh, wrapping it up. Um, I know Bielema obviously was at Wisconsin for a long time. Did you ever kind of have contact, or did any of your colleagues had contact with him during the Wisconsin uh, era? I didn't. You know, that was way back when he was there. I was just a lowly assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I and and I think that uh, you know a couple of places I was at, I haven't I haven't really heard much. You know, like he went to Arkansas, and that kind of went that way so it'll be it'll be interesting i mean you know i want him to do the best for for obvious reasons i'm an alum one and two i want illinois football to kind of get elevated to a better status all around not just there but um you know i wish him the best i you know i hope it works out yeah well i really really appreciate this uh coach bicker thanks for uh kind of giving us an insight on the uh recruiting and uh what it's like to be an in-state coach right now all right. Well, thank you very much. You know, ILL. I and I. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Bye. Well, I want to thank Bill for coming on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate his insight. It's really interesting to think and see kind of what happened in the Lovey Smith era because I, the recruiting was really bad. I mean, it it's a total totally it's it's it was shocking. And, and I gotta say, I think um, he mentioned somebody contacting them two months ago, which I imagine was um, Ashton Washington. Um, contacting them so um, it, it's kind of interesting that you know it, it probably was turning around that they were trying to um, um, you know look at look at some of these uh, you know head coaches again and look back into Illinois but just Lovie Smith didn't do it from the beginning and, and frankly that was probably um, his biggest flaw at Illinois that resulted in him getting fired. Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to recruit the state that your team is from, and that was a huge um, lapse, I would say, in Lovey Smith's tenure, and initially seems like a huge focus of, of Brett Bielema. So that's going to be an exciting thing to, to keep our eyes on and and watch as as the era continues. Yeah, absolutely, I'm, and I'm excited for Bielema, um, just because you know this first week, I think he's he's been trying to win over everybody and. And frankly, so far, whether it was being on game day and, and kind of only being buddy-buddy with Chris Fowler or Herb Street, um, that's that's a good look. And then immediately getting a good rep from um, the Illinois um, High School Head Coach um, Association, that's, those are two good looks. So good good for Bulema for getting off to a good start. Hope to see him a little bit more, and I'm excited for uh, the beginning of his era. should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll hear from him later today. With that, we're going to do our last segment here, our Illini of the Week. We could have given it to, to Brett Bielema for coming on the show, but we hope he has bigger and better things in sight in his tenure. So we're going to wait to give it to him. Uh, we're going to give it to Rod Smith, potentially his last game coached uh, for Illinois. Great guy, always good to deal with um, to the media, seemed very grateful that Lovey gave him this opportunity and, and for all these players he made it a huge focus this week that it's not about him and it's not about their futures it's about these kids and um, he always seemed like a, a very caring coach he got his opportunity to be head coach a little bit today or excuse me yesterday um, game didn't obviously go as planned but I mean he's very talented he'll, he'll find a job soon if not with Illinois. Yeah, he'll he'll find a job soon. Um, in all likelihood, I'm not sure if he'll stay at Illinois, but wanted to give it uh, give it to him just because you know it, it was his first time head coaching and it was a dream of his to do it. Wrong circumstances, but he wanted to do it and uh, he did a decent job, I'll say. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm with you there. So that is a wrap for this edition of Oski Talk. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back talking to you guys on Wednesday. We'll hear from Brett Bielema, and we'll get into um, a recap of the Illini-Penn State game. With that, that'll do it for this edition of Oski Talk. For Patrick Hattison, I'm Anthony Pasquale. Thank you guys so much for listening. Happy holidays, ILL. I and I.